Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. So this morning, this is going to be a, a standalone message. We just wrapped up a series on the favor of God. And next week, we'll kind of tag this a little bit. It'll be connected to it, although it will be standalone. So a couple weeks of of just standalone messages. And and here's where this one came from. You know, originally, we were supposed to have some guests actually with us this weekend. So when all of that changed, I just said, God, what what do you want me to, what do you want me to just sort of hit here this weekend? And so uh, this, this this came to me from something that happened a couple weeks ago, the first Sunday in October, which was October the 2nd, uh, during worship, everything was, was, was good. Everything was um, groovy. I walked up on stage, and as I uh, began to transition with the offering and, and transitioning from the praise time, have you ever had a time where your mind just gets drilled? I mean, boom, boom, boom. So I start having the, just the craziest thoughts. These thoughts were a little bit like this. Uh, no one likes you. No one wants to be in this church. Uh, nothing is working. Nothing you're preaching is working. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. No one wants to hear this. And I'm getting just bombarded with this while I'm trying to be like, praise you, Jesus. Thank you for this moment. And so we, we transitioned out of that time. We went to church news and I walked off the stage and my wife says, are you okay? And I say, I, and I said to her, I said, I don't know. And she's like, well, is there something wrong? What's going on? And I said, I'm going to quit. And so she looked at me and this, you know, sort of happened really fast. And she said, well, we're not going to accept that. But on the inside, I was like, we're not going to accept that. (laughs) And I did, I said that to her. I said, I'm going to quit. And I couldn't obviously, because I had to come back out and teach moments later in in church news. And and my first thought was that was, that was just something weird. You know, maybe that, that will pass. And the whole time I'm sharing that morning, and we're talking about the favor of God. The whole time I'm sharing, I, I am, my mind is going blank. I can't remember my next point. I can't remember the next thing. I'm looking at my notes. And honestly, it's just, it's just a blur. We even did an interview that, that morning with someone. And they, they even said this, that they felt the same thing. And the same thing was happening to them. So during the sermon, I just fought my way through it. I don't even remember what I said that, that morning. My wife said, that was awesome. I'm like, I don't know how that could be awesome because I have no idea what I said. And I said this to her. I said, I just felt like there was a stupor in the room. I didn't even know if that was a word or not. So I looked it up for you. And the word stupor means a condition of greatly dulled or completely suspended sense. So there was just this suspended sense in the room. In other words, I felt like there was just this cloud, a fog, not the favor of God, but just, just a, that's the only way I could explain it was a stupor. So after I got done sharing, saying whatever I said, I walked off stage and I went backstage and something just rose up in me. And it was like, you know what? The enemy is really attacking this morning and I'm not leaving here until we deal with this. So I came back out. I took authority over it. We prayed. A lot of people were going through some stuff. And, and when a lot of people have said to me, when you did that, something broke. It was awesome. I felt a little better. I thought, I'm glad that's over. And I went home, assuming that that little whatever happened was going to end when I left here. And I want you to know it didn't. This went on the rest of the day. 
Um, only it turned into just um, frustration, just being angry, anxious. And I wish I could tell you like it was just a bad Sunday, but it went on all week long. I kept having to stop and say to my wife, I'm sorry I got mad. She goes, well, what's going on? Do you need to talk? I'm like, no, I don't need to talk. I'm just telling you. Um, and I'd be like, I'm sorry I reacted that way. She says, what's going on? I said, I don't know why I felt this so discouraged. I don't know why I felt so frustrated and so angry. And I, and, but I did know that what I was dealing with was some type of spiritual attack. And how many know we throw that word around in the church circle? Let me give you a different word that will make it more accurate. I felt like it was a spiritual um, assault. And that's what it felt like. And it, it took me... Um, I would get a little better, but it took me all week to just fight through it. And it, then I did have some people say, I knew you were going through something. I knew something was happening. Um, but I kept saying, God, why? God, how do we deal with this? And so that literally led me to what I want to share with you today is what happens when we face an assault from the enemy? What happens when we face an attack? And how do you and I withstand a spiritual attack? So are you all ready to go this morning? Um, I'm still here. I didn't quit. Um, I, I, I uh, you know, sometimes it takes a few days to, to get through some, some things. And so my title this morning is withstanding a spiritual attack. Uh, here, here, here's what you need to know. If you've never been through a spiritual attack, um, you will go through one at one point or another. And I want you to remember this message when um, you feel like you don't know what's happening or what's going on. Like I said, I'm going to tag a little bit next week, although it'll be standalone. It'll be a little bit like this. Have you ever wondered why things keep going in cycles in your, lap, in your life? Can't break free from something? I'm going to talk about that next week. But this morning, let's get to the issue of withstanding a spiritual attack or a spiritual assault. If we're going to talk about this this morning, we're going to have to start off with defining what we mean by a spiritual attack. So I'm just going to put the definition on the screen for you. Here's what a spiritual attack is. It is a series of occurrences coordinated by the demonic realm... And here's their goal, to abort promises, shipwreck faith, oppress a believer, or hinder destiny. And I'm going to leave that up there for a second because the easiest thing for you to do is just snap a picture of that on the screen. It'll let you know. It's just a series of occurrences. And the enemy coordinates these things. And what is he after? He's after you to abort the promises God has for you, to shipwreck your faith, throw in the towel, uh, to oppress you, and to hinder your destiny. So by the time I'm done teaching you this morning, um, you're going to be able to handle a spiritual attack in a different way that you ever have before. So um, I will teach you and preach you up a little bit both this morning. And let's start in the book of Ephesians. This is chapter six. Finally, brethren, Paul is talking and what he's saying here, the book of Ephesians is full of amazing stuff. And at the end of it, basically Paul says this, uh, out of everything that was said in the book of Ephesians, this is the most important. And he says this, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on all of your armor that you would look, here's where I got my title, that you would be able to stand against the wiles. Everyone say wiles. I'll define that a little bit later for you. The wiles of the devil. Because we do not wrestle, or some of you say wrestle, against flesh and against blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Those are just ranking file and realms of, 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 of spirit 
spiritual of the spiritual realm. And when, when, when Paul was writing this, he was basically coming from a military perspective, and that's what these words are. Verse 13, therefore, take up all the armor that you would be able to what? Withstand, there's that word again, the evil one, and having done all, you would be able to do what? So if you will remember what I'm telling you today, after you face any type of spiritual assault, guess what you'll be able to do? You'll still be standing. You'll still be standing. And uh, I'm sure that you've been through some spiritual challenges before, and you're sitting here, you're breathing, and you're still worshiping God, so you have withstood some before, and you can continue to withstand, you'll still be standing. There are usually one of two extreme beliefs in the devil. The first is that the devil is behind everything. The other is the devil doesn't do anything. Some people think, well, the washing machine broke down. It's the devil. It could be that your washing machine was built in 1979 and they don't build any more parts for it, all right? So we have to understand really what is the enemy and what is not. But I just want you to know that there is a real enemy and we're going to address that. Ready to make some life points? Number one, never misunderstand the presence of spiritual activity. Don't misunderstand the, the presence of spiritual activity. We, we, a lot of us have a tendency just to live in such a natural world, but we understand there is a supernatural realm, there's a spiritual realm, and there is a real devil. The Bible, uh, the word for him is diabolos, which means he's the accuser, he's the slanderer, or he is the one who opposes God and God's people. So there's a real devil. He does uh, have power, but he does not have all power. Jesus actually said this. Jesus said, I came to give you life, but there is one, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, God has amazing purposes, plans, and promises for you, and the devil wants to keep you from those purposes, from those plans, and from those promises, so he will steal from you. He will deceive you. His, his personal mission statement is to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy, and to rob you of God's very best. And, and he, uh, he, he's, he's an ancient enemy. He's not all-knowing, but he's been around long enough to study God and to study God's people. But he is an opposer of God's best for your life. He's an opposer. So let's get right to it. There are some signs that you may be in a spiritual attack. And once again, I have those on the screen for you, and I'm not going to go into all those in depth, but there are some signs you might be facing a spiritual attack. Really what I'm trying to say to you is there are things that happen, not just in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. And I'm not just saying if you have a bad day, it's the devil, but when these things are overwhelming and they're consistent, we need to take notice that we might be facing some kind of spiritual assault or some kind of spiritual attack. So let, let's just leave that screen up for a moment and, and allow me to just highlight some of these. If you're feeling over, not just happens for two hours, I'm talking about this is an overwhelming feeling of, I, the word I use is feeling listless. And you're probably wondering, what does that mean? It just means your fire's going out. Your passion maybe to pray, your, your passion to read the word, just your passion to worship it's, it's just, it's waning. It's starting to dissipate. 
And if, if it happens in an overwhelmed fashion, it, it, it's a good sign that the enthusiasm and the, la- and the motivation that begins to lag, it's a sign that there's an enemy that is assaulting you or, or is, is attacking you. So you're just feeling listless. Another one is you're feeling exhausted. Now, I'm not saying you just went and worked out and then went and had a Twinkie and feel exhausted. I'm talking about, yeah, that's your fault. I'm talking about you're just feeling wore out. I mean, your brain is feeling wore out. Your thoughts are feeling wore out. Your body's lacking energy. You're lacking strength. And you just feel wore out. Exhaustion is another sign. You're under a spiritual attack. Confusion. This is, this is a, re- a really uh, good way of just understanding, man, something, something's going on. Have you ever just been, something's up and you just shake your head and like, this doesn't make sense? That's a good sign, confusion, that you're under a spiritual attack. Things don't make sense. You just shake your head at things. You feel cloudy. Your direction, your beliefs, your purposes, those things are just, they just feel cloudy. Maybe there's a lot of drama happening and you don't understand why. Or maybe you're just, accidents are happening. It's just a real confusing time. Now, I'm not talking about you have a, a moment of confusion. I'm talking about this just seems to be overwhelming. Uh, frustration, just overwhelming. And, and this is something I went through that whole week of just feeling really, really frustrated. I mean, anxious, angry, uh, just really, really frustrated with things, agitated, feeling unusually uh, negative, just feel like a, just a sense or a spirit of heaviness. Yeah. Has anyone ever gone through anything like this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, temptation. Now, what I mean by temptation is there could be some old temptations that just rise up out of nowhere, something that you feel like God set you free from, something that you feel like um, is in your past, all of a sudden it starts just knocking at the door again. An old wound, something you thought you got over, something you thought you is in, you know, behind you, all of a sudden that temptation to think on that, that temptation to fall back in that stuff just weirdly and overwhelmingly is knocking at the door. Being discontent. Um, discontent means you just want to give up. You want to quit. You're disgruntled. You start complaining. You're really critical. Um, you begin to just compare yourself to everyone else's situation, and you're just really discontent with, with, with um, the things you're involved in, the people that you're around, just really discontent. And lastly, you just have an overwhelming desire just to disconnect yourself, to just isolate yourself. You think like you're the only one who's ever gone through anything like this. And here's what is happening. The devil wants to get you to believe those thoughts he's putting in your head are actually your thoughts. Now, let's take a survey. How many of you have ever been through a moment or a season like I just explained? Now, it could come out of nowhere. It could, it could just feel overwhelming. And you're like, you don't have the strength. Sometimes you don't have the, the mental response. Sometimes you just feel wore out. It, that's a sign. The, you don't have to have all of those to be under a spiritual assault. Sometimes you can have all of them happening at, at once, but don't misunderstand. There are things happening in the spirit realm that the enemy's trying. What is he after? He's after the word of God in your life. He's after the faith that you put in the promises of God. And so he has to overwhelm you. He won't come up and knock on the door with a red pitchfork and a tail and pointing little horns on his head and say, I'm here to assault you. No, he's deceptive. He is very subtle. He can be very strategic. He can be very subtle. He can be very stealthy at what he does. But those are some signs you just might be under a spiritual attack. Now, but when do, when do spiritual attacks come? I don't have a slide on this, but I'll throw you out some thoughts. If you study scripture, you're going to find out these are times 
that the enemy seems to strategically attack uh, um, maybe more than other times. Uh, for, for example, after you've gone through a great breakthrough, it's not strange that the enemy would come. Why? Because he's after the word. He's after that experience that you had. He's after that victory that, that you had. So he will come right after you've had a big breakthrough, right after you've had a great victory. It's not strange for him to come. How many have ever sat in the service and sat, felt free from something, and like 24 hours later, you start having these thoughts, that wasn't real, that wasn't God, that didn't happen. So sometimes after you go through a great breakthrough. Uh, here's another time, right before you have a great victory, two times the enemy comes most is right before or right after a great victory in your life. So if you haven't had a great victory and you felt like that, the good news is, guess what? There's a breakthrough coming because the enemy is trying to divert your faith. He's trying to divert your progress. Those are the two most extreme times. But there are a few other times that you might, you might expect or anticipate the enemy. And, and, and one could be if you've exposed yourself to something, an attitude, uh, a temptation or something, you, you can know that, that you, could, you could look and say, maybe that's why there's a spiritual attack. The first thing I did that Sunday when I went home is, God, have I said something do I have some unforgiveness somewhere? Is there something going on? I really checked my heart. Because a lot of times it's easier to point, well, those people, they weren't listening and they didn't have this and they're not spiritual. It's real easy to feel that way or this person said this or this person did that. And I just had to check myself. And I realized, okay, I hadn't done that. So it's just the enemy um, planning a strategic attack. I will tell you, here's a few more times that you might see the enemy. Uh, when you've taken a specific stand against the enemy, you put your faith out there for something. You've got some brand new revelation on something. You've got a prayer out there. You've got some bold anticipation out there. The enemy wants to do what? Steal the word from you. So when's he going to come? He's going to come to overwhelm you because you've got your faith out there. You believe for something. God's done something great. He's about to do something great. And here's another time. I'm not going too fast for you. Here's, a, here's another time. Sometimes the enemy is just very strategic and very seasonal. He might come at your life when you're not expecting it, you're not prepared, or there are just some seasons. And I will tell you, um, whether you, you want to believe this or not, this is the most spiritually strategic time of the year for the enemy. And, and here's why. Uh, you know, we, we, we celebrate with candy uh, Halloween, which is All Hallows Eve, uh, that night being the time when the layer between the spirit and the natural is at its thinnest. The enemy is at his most uh, active time during this season. Now, think about this. What's everywhere right now? Fear. Fear. And we, we play with that with, with scary things, but fear. Wherever fear is prevalent, guess who's around? The enemy. That's, Christmas is Jesus' you know, big season. Easter's his big season. Well, this is the enemy's big season. So don't underestimate that there is spiritual activity out there. The devil does not like you. He hates you. Why? Because God gave you his job, which is to worship God. So he doesn't like good things in your life. And I was thinking about this, you know, when I got up here and I was preaching about the favor of God, he wanted to interrupt that. Why? Because he knows I'm going to preach the truth to you about the favor of God being a difference maker in our lives. So it would break off a spirit of doubt. It would break off a spirit of poverty off of you. And he's like, we're not having any of that. So he, he showed up in a really weird way that Sunday. 
So what did I do the next week? I came back and preached even harder in the rest of that series. No, I, actually, the next week was the outdoor worship service, right? And then last week, if you notice, I was preaching extra, extra hard, extra heavy, because I was painting back for that previous Sunday. <laughs> so don't underestimate the presence of spiritual activity. Number two, never overestimate the power of spiritual opposition. Don't underestimate that there is activity, but don't overestimate the opposer. Don't overestimate spiritual opposition. It's real, but don't overestimate it. Don't, don't be a devil chaser. I don't like to talk a whole lot about the devil because I'd rather keep the spotlight on Jesus. But we do need to expose him. Look at this scripture. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Look what it says. This is an awesome verse. To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, what do we need to do? Don't be ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. How do you and I not let him take advantage of us? The key to not letting him take advantage over us is right here in this scripture. And the word advantage means to be exploited, to be tricked. To be outsmarted, to be outwitted. How do we keep the enemy from outsmarting us, outwitting us, exploiting us, or outsmarting us? Now, the verse I just read you, in context, it's, all, it's in context about unforgiveness. But it, has, it also has an application to us that we can keep the devil from having an advantage over us. Now, the devil, I've said this before, he works best in darkness and in ignorance, if he can keep you in dark over something, or if he can keep you ignorant about something, that's he has home field advantage. What we need to do is bring him out into the light, expose him, expose who he is. And the Bible says this, uh, if, if we can not be ignorant of how he works, he won't get an advantage over us. So I want to explain to you how he works. The Bible says, don't, don't be ignorant of his wiles. We, we don't use the word wiles. The best word I could give you to explain the word wiles is the English word methods. If we understand the methods or how the enemy works, uh, and it, this, is, this is really insightful. The word methods in the Bible is the word for road. So what it's saying is the devil uses methods or roads to get to your thinking. Don't be ignorant of how he travels to your mind. He travels back and forth, and he messes with our mind, and he plays mind games with us. That's where a spiritual attack happens. That's why the whole Sunday I'm speaking to you, mind games are going on up here. I hope I said something good that Sunday, but I don't know what I said. Every time I looked at my notes, they were just, they were just gray. Every time I started to think about what I need to say, my mind just went blank. Because he was doing what? He was playing mind games with me. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Yeah. The devil's just playing mind games with you. Yeah. Now remember, don't misunderstand spiritual activity, but don't, ever, don't overestimate his power or his opposition. He's just messing with your mind. He is just playing mind games with you. So the Bible says, don't be ignorant of the mind games and his purposes or his intentions. It's another way of saying his devices, his plots, his plans. 
his deceptions. And I mentioned this, but, but here, here's, how, here's how the demonic realm works. First of all, the devil is not God. He is not omnipresent, and he cannot be everywhere all the time like God can. But he has these little demon uh, cohorts of his, and they can't be everywhere all the time. But they do come, and they bring thoughts to you. And they bring thoughts, and their whole goal is to get you to believe that the thoughts they're bringing are actually your thoughts, so you'll believe that reality. When all along, they're deceptions. The devil, the Bible says, he is a masquerader. He wears a mask. He is an angel of light. He's a disguiser, and that's how the demons work. They're just out to trick you. Some of you have believed their lies for years. That's why we need revelation from the word of God. Some of you have believed you are not worth much. You aren't anything. You never will be anything. And it's a lie that the devil has gotten you to believe. He's gotten you to believe that you won't ever overcome that addiction. You won't ever overcome that situation. He's got you to believe that no one will ever like you. You don't fit in. He has lied to you over and over and over, and you believe that it's reality. The only thing that can destroy that lie is to find out what God said about you. You are more than an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are the healed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. One thing the enemy can't do is stand against the truth. That's why the Bible said the truth will set you free from the lies of the enemy. But the devil is not all-knowing, but he's very systematic. It's very systematic. This word means systematic plans. It actually means this, large-scale strategies against you to defeat you, to discourage you, to dishearten you either by force or fraud, by might or by slight. What that means is it can be very subtle or it can be very, very overwhelming and very, very hard. In other words, we could say it this way. This, is a, this, this word, uh, the, the words that Paul uses, he's stealing from military um, tech, uh, terminology. Not stealing, but he's using it. And the best word to give the enemy here is the word tactical. He's very tactical. And the word tactical for a military term means that you are shifting your troops in a battle arrangement for a better view or for a better attack. That's exactly what the word tactical means. So the the devil's very tactical. He's rearranging his troops against you. That's why the Bible says the only way he could get advantage over you is if you're ignorant of what he's doing. That's the only way he could outwit you, outsmart you, and overtake you is if you're just ignorant of what he's doing. That's why I'm teaching you this this morning. So there's a real devil. He's not all-powerful, but he is very stealthy. He is very strategic. Now, let let me make sense to you that this will hit home. But I want want to tell you a little little story first. So last weekend, um, Pastor Diane went with me. I had a a class reunion, a, a, a college class reunion and so we were just sitting around with some people I went to school with, uh, played basketball with in college, and we're just telling stories. And this one story came to my mind. We were playing this basketball tournament in New York City. We were staying at this big Marriott. All the teams were there. And one of the guys on the team who played guard with me, his, his girlfriend came with his family, and they were staying at the hotel, and somehow someone sent him a love letter, and she got a hold of it. He said, you guys have got to do me a solid. He goes, I'm going to get her to come down and sit down at the arbitrarium and hang out for a little while. You've got to sneak in the room and steal the love letter out of her purse. I said, I'm on it. (laughs) 
So he gives me the room key, and we are sneaking in. But he sort of failed to tell me that his parents were sleeping in the bed at that time. <laughs> so we are doing the army crawl all across the room while his dad's, you know, snoring over in the bed. And when we got the letter, we snuck out. Mission was accomplished. Gave it back to him. They're still married today. So <laughs> I guess that all works out. So why would you tell me such a, a ridiculous story? What if you could sneak into the devil's office, go to the filing cabinet, find your name, and pull out your file? Because listen to this. When we use the word devices and plans, it means he has a specific, stealthy, strategic plan that's individual against you. If, we, if you could open that file, you would find in there the things that have worked against you over the years. You would find the wounds that he has targeted over the years. You would find the temptations that you've given into over the years. You would find the things he doesn't want you to find out that are truthful. You would find out the things he's keeping from you that God wants you to know. And there's a whole file on your life. That's what the devil uses against you. He's very tactical. He's very strategic. But it's very, very personal. It's an individual attack. That's why the Bible says be alert. Why? Because the devil's crafty. He's not all-knowing, but he's been studying God for centuries. And he's been studying you for decades. And he has a specific plan to keep God's best from you and to keep you from God's best. That's why I said, don't misunderstand spiritual activity. But do not overestimate the power of his opposition because... If you are not ignorant of his devices, he can't take advantage over you. You need to know what your weaknesses are, but you need to know the strengths that God has for your life. You need to know some areas that you felt in, some wounds in your heart, some areas in your life. You need to know those and be alert about them, but you also need to know that God's for you. He's not against you. Ready for the last point? Are y'all getting something good? Here's the last one. This is my favorite. So what have we said so far? We have said there's a real enemy so don't, don't, don't misunderstand that there is spiritual activity. Diabolos, here, here's what the word diabolos means. It means to punch, punch, punch until you penetrate. That's what it feels like when the enemy's on an onslaught. With your thoughts and your feelings. Has anyone ever been there? And he's overwhelming with it. Don't misunderstand their spiritual activity. But don't overestimate the power of his opposition. Because if you are no longer ignorant of his devices, guess what? You can start to be an overcomer. So here's the third life point, and I worded it this way. Never underestimate the power of your faith in God. Don't misunderstand, don't overestimate, but do not underestimate the power of your faith in your God. Now, I started to read to you from Ephesians 6, I read the first few verses, and it said, don't go out there with your, without your armor. Here's why. An unarmed man is open to attack. If you are unarmed, guess what? You are susceptible and you cannot withstand an attack. Here's something else, too. The Bible said that, you know, don't be ignorant. He wants to outwit us. I just want you to know that you cannot withstand the wiles of the enemy with your wit. 
You have, to, you have to be able to withstand with your faith and revelation of who God is and who you are. Let me read the end of Ephesians here. Uh, it says this. So stand firm. Here's this whole idea. God's goal is to stand firm. Don't run. Still be standing. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That means with the written word. With the breastplate of righteousness. That means knowing you're in right standing with God. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. How about that? The enemy comes in overwhelming. God says you can stay in what? Peace. Don't give up your peace. Stand. Stand in the peace of God. Stand in the fact that you are, it, you are at peace with God. Because there's a lot of things that are going to try to steal your peace. Have you ever lost your peace or your joy? Man, when you lose it, you've got to go pick it back up and get it. Because if he gets your peace, if he gets your joy, he's starting to get advantage over you. Verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of what? Take up the shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. All the accusations, all the assaults. Take the helmet of salvation. Got to keep your mind, right? And the sword of the spirit. You know what that means? To speak the word. The belt is the written word. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for God's people. So the Bible says this, you got to keep standing. You keep standing against the enemy. Withstand him. Have your armor on. Don't believe everything he says. Don't believe you're not in right standing. Don't let him get you out of peace. Don't let him get you out of joy. Because no matter what the enemy brings against you, God will turn it what? For your good. Let me, let me read you another scripture. This is, this is 1 Peter. This is, this is chapter 5, verse 2 verses. Be well balanced. Look at someone say he's talking to you. Be well balanced, but always be what? Alert. That means the enemy's out there, but he cannot overtake you if you don't let him. But be alert. Be alert. Everyone say alert. alert. Why? Because your enemy, then he tells who it is, the devil roams around incessantly like a roaring lion. You know when a male lion perfects his roar? When his teeth rot out. When his teeth are too old. His roar becomes his weapon because his teeth aren't what they used to be. Do you know that the devil's teeth are not what they used to be in your life because you're a born-again believer? So what's he going to do? He's going to what? Roar? Like a roaring lion looking for prey to devour. So take your decisive stand against the devil and resist his what? Every attack. With strong, vigorous what? Faith. You know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are going through the same kind of things. So I want to end this with telling you how do you respond to an attack. So y'all got something good so far. The bad news is you are going to face some assaults by the enemy. The good news is you can overcome every one of them. No matter how overwhelming, no matter how intense, no matter how challenging they might be, 
And you might feel like me that morning when I wanted to quit. Why? Did something happen that morning? No. Actually, nothing happened until I walked right up here. And I stood there and I looked at you. And all of a sudden, voices, thoughts, feelings. So I thought, I just need to get off stage for a second. Come back out. And it got worse. Took authority over it. Helped you. Went home. Didn't help me because I went through it all the rest of the day, all the rest of the week. But I kept responding. I kept responding. Because you, you have a choice to make. Am I going to give in to this thought? Am I going to buy into this feeling? And I'm go, am I going to accept these thoughts as my own? Or am I going to fight back against this? Once I figured out what was going on, started fighting back, it took me a few days, but I fought all the way through it until it broke off of me. Here's how you respond to a spiritual attack or spiritual assault. Ready? Number one, you have to recognize your attacker. You've got to discern you're under an attack. That's why I was joking. If the washing machine breaks down, doesn't mean it's the devil. But if there are a series of overwhelming occurrences happening, it's trying to shipwreck your faith. It's trying to steal your destiny. It's trying to alter your faith. If it's overwhelming and you shake your head at it or it feels intense, guess what? You have, to, you have to say, you know what? This is the enemy. I'm not just having a bad day. My spouse isn't the enemy. My boss isn't the enemy. Guess what? It's not flesh and blood. It's a, it's a spirit. It's a principality trying to steal my joy, trying to steal my promises, trying to steal my next level, try, try, trying, to steal, trying to steal from me the purposes of God, trying to steal this from me. It's trying to affect my attitude. It's trying to get me to buy in and believe what the enemy is saying. I'm not going to have this because it's the enemy. You've got to discern it. So I never knew that. Well, that's why I'm teaching you it today. Because when it starts to happen or you start to face something, guess what? You need to step back and say, okay, have I done something? Something going on? Am I in, in unforgiveness somewhere? Do I have a bad attitude? Or is this the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy from my life? That's where it starts, recognizing the enemy. The Bible says, do not be ignorant. And if you are not ignorant, he cannot outwit you. He cannot outsmart you. He, he cannot trick you. Don't be ignorant. Look at someone say, don't be ignorant. So recognize the attacker. Look at the second one. Do not what? Retreat. The tendency is, oh, woe is me. No one else is having these problems. It's just, it's the old devil, pastor. Pray the old devil's after me. No one else has ever gone through anything like this. Woe is me. It's bad. It's, it's bad, pastor. And we start to retreat in our thinking. Or we start to buy in. I guess I am. I'm not any good. No one wants to hear me. No, no one wants to show up and listen. No, you're, and we start buying into the thoughts. I'm not real. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe my, maybe my, maybe my parents are right all those years. I was never going to amount to. And you start buying into the lies and embracing them as, as your reality. And they're just deceptions. If what you're hearing is not what God said, it's a lie. And you are not obligated to live by that lie. Well, I guess I'm supposed to be poor. I'm supposed to be sick. That's a deception. That's a lie. That's not what God said about your life. You got to recognize that attack and do not retreat. This isn't on the screen. You know the scripture, James 4, 7. Be subject to God. Resist the devil. You know what that means? Stand against him and he will flee from you. I like the Message Bible. It says this. 
shout aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Look at someone and say, don't retreat. Now, put your finger at him and say, I'm, I'm saying, don't you retreat. Do it again. So listen, homie, I'm saying, don't retreat. Because when you retreat, you start giving up ground that you took, and you start sacrificing ground that God took for you, and you start giving it back to the enemy. And what do you do? Lastly, we just read about, you release your faith. You fight back. We have this warped mentality when we start talking about spiritual opposition that, well, well, we just got to endure this. This is just, you know, there's a battle out there, brother. No, you need to fight back. That's your peace. That's your joy. That's your child. That's your marriage. That's your blessing. That's your body. That Jesus died for. Do not give up and fight back. I'm about to say the best thing I said all morning to all of you. How many ever just been just like, you just want the devil to shut up? You know how you get the devil to shut his mouth? Open yours. That's how you get. That's how you get the devil to shut up. Open yours. So, well, what do you mean? Well, when he comes at you with a thought, tell him what God said about it. When he comes out, you're not going to get healed. Tell him what Jesus did for you. When he comes against your marriage, tell him what God says about it. When he comes against your thoughts, your feelings, tell him what God said. Because you can't win a battle with your mouth shut. You can't win a battle without some prayer, without some praise, without some proclamations, without some declaration. You will not win. Here's the problem, y'all. Sometimes we love misery. Not you guys, but there are some believers that love me. They walk around all the time. I, I have, I, I'm even telling you, I'm talking about even ministry people. And there are attacks. When you're in ministry, there are attacks with the cherry on the top. But I've, I've heard some people, how's it going? Oh, oh. happens is we put this big old spotlight on the enemy and his power and his schemes and we have forgotten to open our mouth and fight back. We are too busy describing how big a giant is instead of telling the giant how big God is. And the problem is if you'd fight back your spiritual attack, your spiritual assault might have a, a timeline because you're wallowing in the, in the misery, it lasts for weeks and days and years longer because you didn't open your mouth. Now, it's just not as obvious what's going on. You've taken on an attitude. You've taken on a belief system. And now you, you're not able to believe that God will set you free if you'll open your mouth. Fight back. Are y'all getting it? Fight back. How do you fight back? Well, I can't wait till this attack is over. Well, say something. That, when I went through that, I'm telling you, I would get mad about something. I was getting frustrated. I was getting angry at my wife, and I would go upstairs. And, I'm like, she don't want and all of a sudden, I'm like, what is going on? 
And I would just tell, devil, you're not, and I walked back downstairs and said, I don't know why I got so angry. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to deal with this. And I'd have to just start talking back. Nothing changed until I started talking back. It took me a few days. I'd get better. I'd come to work like, I'm going to stay for next week's sermon and all this. And I'd have to walk outside and talk right back at it. If you don't want to fight back, you're going to stay in that funk. Unfortunately, we have read the Word of God from a wimpy perspective instead of a warrior's perspective. And we throw words around like love. You know how strong that word love is? The word love took Jesus to the cross. The word love embraced you at the cross. The word love kept Jesus on the cross. The word love brought Jesus out of the grave. The word love, the word love, you want to talk about love? God loved you so much. And Jesus said, I gave you all that authority. If he didn't want you to fight, he wouldn't have given you authority. Did y'all get that? He wouldn't have given you the keys to the kingdom. He wouldn't have given you authority. Can we stand up? He wouldn't have given you authority if he didn't want you to fight back. He will put a diaper on you and a harp in your hand if all he wanted was you just to float around. He put the keys of heaven in your hand. He gave you authority. What I'm saying is, Fight like a man or woman of God. Fight like you're a winner. Fight like you're a champion. Fight like a warrior. I knew I'd get your attention if I said something like that. But here's what I believe this morning. I believe some of you have been under a spiritual funk, a spiritual assault, a spiritual attack, and your minds and your hearts are worn down. They're worn down. And if you'll open your mouth over the next few moments, I believe that the, your, your, your assault has a deadline this morning. I do. I believe it's time for it to break. It's time for it to break. It's time for it to break. This, I'm not saying that you'll never have that thought challenge again. I'm just saying it's time for its power to break this morning. Look at someone and say, he's talking to you. Look, I say he's talking about you. Did I read someone's mail this morning? Anyone? Did I describe anyone where you're at right now? Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're going to sing this closing song. I'm going to come up. I'm going to pray heaven down on you. I'm going to pray for victory to arise in you. We've got to make some room. Amen? We've got to make some room for victory to rise. Are y'all hearing me? Don't, don't, don't stand here and be like, well, that, was, that's, that message was a blessing. We'll see you next week. Now, I need you to grab a hold of something this morning and say, what Pastor Diane said, every, everything's about to change. Everything's about to alter. It's your turning point. It's your turning point. Let's sing this. I'll be back up in a moment.